Welcome. I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Romans. Today is episode 551. Look at Romans chapter 11, verses 11 through 15. Let's read our passage. I ask then, have they stumbled so as to fall? Absolutely not. On the contrary, by their transgression, salvation has come to the Gentiles to make Israel jealous. Now, if their transgression brings riches for the world, and their failure riches for the Gentiles, how much more will their fullness bring? Now, I'm speaking to you Gentiles insofar as I am an apostle to the Gentiles. I magnify my ministry, if I might somehow make my own people jealous and save some of them. For if their rejection brings reconciliation to the world, what will their acceptance mean but life from the dead? This is Paul's letter to the church in Rome. He's writing this letter to provide a theology of the gospel. He intends to go to Rome after he accompanies the collection back to Jerusalem. He'll spend a little bit of time in Rome, help strengthen the church, then move on to Spain. He's explaining the gospel. He began with sin, which is where you begin with the gospel. The problem is sin. Sin is what separates us from God. And there's nothing we can do to fix the problem. You can't be good enough. It is impossible because of our fallen nature to be good enough to please God. And so the only solution is forgiveness of sin, to be declared righteous by God as an act of grace, not something we earned, but as a free gift. Justification by faith, that's the theme of this letter. And and Paul was very clear that everybody has the same issue. Everybody has the same condition whether they are Gentiles or Jews. And he dismissed the issue that Jews have this special relationship with God, at least for a salvation point of view, because of their special situation. And he said, no, they have to be justified by faith, just like Gentiles do. Well, then the question comes up, well, then what about Israel? What about the Jewish people? Has God rejected them? Did God make a mistake with them? So he spent a lot of time in chapters 9 through 11 discussing that question, what about Israel? He made the point that God has not absolutely rejected Israel because you still have a remnant. There are Jews who believe. And Paul gave himself an example. I'm a Jew. I believe. It can't be that God has absolutely rejected Israel. There is a remnant. But the majority of them have been hardened. And he speaks more of them as an ethnic group versus individuals, that there are those, the remnant, that believe, but the majority of them have been hardened at their heart. Now the question is, is that a permanent thing? And he deals with that today. Verse 11, he says, I asked them, have they stumbled so as to fall? So the question is, is this hardening permanent? He's speaking of Israel overall, Israel as a group, not just individuals here. The question is, can Israel be saved? He doesn't mean every single Jew, but as a group. And so stumbled, meaning rejected the gospel. Have they done that so much as to fall, that is to be irretrievably in spiritual ruin? He answers that, absolutely not. On the contrary, By their transgression, salvation has come to the Gentiles to make Israel jealous. 
because Israel has rejected the gospel, the gospel has been made available to the Gentiles. Now, back in Romans 10, 19, Paul quoted Deuteronomy 32, 21, where God was telling the Gentiles, I will make you jealous of those who are not a nation. And before that, he had quoted from Hosea, where he made this reference to one of Hosea's children that was named, Not My People. And he used that, applied that to the Gentiles, that God has made not my people now to be his people. And through all that, he was saying that God has brought the gospel to the Gentiles to make Israel jealous. And that's what he's saying here. God's not done with Israel. He's, in fact, using this taking the gospel to the Gentiles to make Israel jealous. And he continues, verse 12. Now, if their transgression brings riches for the world and their failure riches for the Gentiles, how much more will their fullness bring? Now, he's referring to the Jews here as there. So, speaking to the Gentiles, that's who he's speaking to, talking to the Gentiles about the Jewish people and that their transgression is their rejection of the gospel is good for everybody else. Their rejection their failure is what results in salvation for Gentiles. Now, he says salvation for Gentiles. He doesn't mean every Gentile, but the gospel has been made available to the Gentiles, so many Gentiles then experience justification by faith. He goes on, verse 13. Now, I'm speaking to you Gentiles, insofar as I'm an apostle to the Gentiles. Where he makes it clear, yeah, I am talking to you Gentiles, because the church in Rome is... It's a mix, but it's predominantly Gentile. One of his purposes of this letter is to try and bring those two groups, the Gentiles and the Jews, a little closer together. So he says, you know, I am an apostle to the Gentiles, so my mission is to the Gentiles. I'm speaking to you, Gentiles. He continues uh, in verse 13 and 14, I magnify my ministry if I might somehow make my own people jealous and save some of them. So here he says, okay, I, Paul, am a Jew, but I am an apostle to the Gentiles. My ministry is to take the gospel to the Gentiles. But you see how that's working in God's plan is by taking the gospel to the Gentiles, that's to provoke jealousy on the part of the Jews to want them to also accept the gospel. So Paul's saying that that I as a Jew taking the gospel to you Gentiles, that's working in God's plan to actually bring the Jews to the gospel. It verse 15. For if their rejection brings reconciliation to the world, what will their acceptance mean but life from the dead? That's a very parallel to what he said in verse 12. Verse 12, he says, Now if their transgression brings riches for the world, 15, he says, their rejection brings reconciliation to the world. Back in 12, he said, how much more will their fullness bring? Now, verse 15, what will their acceptance mean but life from the dead? So, their rejection. You could read this a couple of ways, but the people who analyze the Greek language say, okay, this is not saying their rejection of the gospel, but it's saying their rejection by God. So God's rejection of Israel is what brings reconciliation to the world. That means the gospel available to the Gentiles. 
So their acceptance, similarly, doesn't mean their acceptance of the gospel. It means their acceptance by God. And that brings life from the dead. Now, the reasoning for saying that it's God's acceptance and rejection it goes back to verse 8, where he talks about God's the one that gave them this spirit of stupor, that God's the one who hardened them. So it's God's rejection and then God's acceptance. Now, life from the dead. Yeah, we know what it means, but what's he using that phrase for? How's, how are we to take this, life from the dead? All that explain it, but just from the context, it's, it's a bigger deal than the reconciliation of the world. That is the gospel going to the Gentiles. So he says, okay, their, their re rejection, their transgression, that brings about the gospel being opened up to the Gentiles. Gentiles coming to faith. Gentiles being brought into the kingdom of God. And that's, by, that's because of Israel's transgression, Israel's rejection by God. Now, if they're acceptance by God, that's a bigger deal than that. So it's a, a bigger thing. But what's it mean? And there's several possibilities, and there's a lot of argument of this, of course. But some say this is referring to the life after the resurrection. Some say this, this must mean a spiritual quickening of the whole world. That is, a kind of a worldwide revival of people being made spiritually aware of their condition and coming to Christ. Others say, okay, it's just referring to the spiritual coming to life of Israel itself. And you can find commentators that take each one of these positions, and they make good arguments. I think the best arguments are made by those saying this is referring to the general resurrection. That is the end. So it's basically saying is that Gentiles are coming to Christ now. And there will come a time when God basically lifts this hardening on the Jews as a group. And you'll see a lot of Jews then come to Christ. Then there will be the end. Now, he's not given a timeline here. And it would be wrong to try and map it all out. That's not his intention. His, his point here is God's not done with Israel. God has not rejected Israel. God has protected an actual remnant of Israel. And sometime down the road, he's then going to lift this hardening, and you'll see a lot of Jews come to faith. Then he's going to wrap it up with the general resurrection. So his point's not to give a timeline. His point's not to give a map. His point's just to give assurance that God's not done with Israel. And he's speaking this to the Gentiles primarily in the church in Rome. He doesn't want them to give up on the Jews either. He doesn't want people to take the attitude of God has replaced the Jews with Gentiles. No, he had He really brought them together, is bringing them together. And he's going to explain that through the rest of chapter 11. God has not given up on Israel. He's not given up on the Jewish people. And we'll see how all that plays out throughout chapter 11. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time. So we continue working through Romans.